Welcome to Weekly Wisdom, a podcast exploring wisdom in philosophy, comedy, science, religion, pop culture, and everyday life. I'm Josh Reeves. Carl Jung, the famous psychologist, was a deep believer in the powers of the unconscious. An experimental thinker, Jung was a true explorer of the science of the mind and a believer in what it was capable of. His experimentation today is still found regularly in the lovers of the mind and what it can do, and also in things that may appear like pseudoscience, but can't help but draw you in anyways. Shadow work, personality tests, archetypal angel cards, and so on. Here's a quote from one of my favorite pieces by Jung, The Spiritual Problem of Modern Man. What is significant in psychic life always lies below the horizon of consciousness. And when we speak of the spiritual problem of modern man, we are speaking of things that are barely visible, of the most intimate and fragile things, of flowers that open only in the night. In daylight, everything is clear and tangible, but the night lasts as long as the day, and we live in the nighttime also. Jung was an intensely spiritual person who was a minister for the unconscious. The unconscious is the unknown in us all. It may appear to our conscious as simple energies, but as we open up to it, it can inspire our consciousness and enhance our lives. One of the best analogies has been of the iceberg. Our conscious mind is the tip of the iceberg, and our unconscious lurks below the surface, and none of us knows how deep it goes. So deep that it might connect us all. So deep that it may be our only way of connecting or realizing a relationship with a divine presence. Jung shares a story of being at a point of psychological crisis in his life. He didn't know what to do and was struggling to, as he called it, find his myth. Jung realized what he needed to do was to stop depending on his conscious mind and begin depending on the unconscious. He shares, Since I know nothing at all, I shall simply do whatever occurs to me. Thus, I consciously submitted myself to the impulses of the unconscious. The first thing that came to the surface was a childhood memory from perhaps my 10th or 11th year. At that time, I had a spell of playing passionately with building blocks. I distinctly recalled how I had built little houses and castles, using bottles to form the sides of gates and vaults. Somewhat later, I had used ordinary stones with mud for mortar. These structures had fascinated me for a long time. To my astonishment, this memory was accompanied by a good deal of emotion. Aha, I said to myself, there is still life in these things. The small boy is still around and possesses a creative life which I lack. But how can I make my way to it? For as a grown man, it seemed impossible to me that I should be able to bridge the distance from the present back to my eleventh year. Yet if I wanted to reestablish contact with that period, I had no choice but to return to it and take up once more that child's life with his childish games." This moment was a turning point in my fate, but I gave in only after endless resistances and with a sense of resignation. So to put it simply, Jung, the old man, began to do again something he loved to do as a child, play with stones. It changed his life. The energies it cultivated helped him to write some of his most important and famous works. He became a skilled mason, even building his own home. What did you love to do as a child? Why not do it again? I remember when I got to move to Seal Beach, California, someone gave me a boogie board. I felt silly, but I remembered my mom bringing me to that very same beach as a kid. Riding the waves, not knowing what lurked beneath the water, the adventure of what the next set would bring, the smell of the salt and the sounds of the crowds. 
Doing it again brought me a sense of life that helped me feel more like myself. Boogie boarding became a better meditation than anything else I could be doing. Although I may not have a body of work too magnificent to show for it, I feel it awakened me in some way. Sometimes the most important things we do we may consider nothing at all. Playtime? That's childish stuff. Wandering? That's useless. We think a valuable time only as that which is directed towards getting things done. But I tell you, free time, playtime, do-nothing time, is essential to awakening those energies from the unconscious that inspire the conscious mind. Not just to bring creative energies, but to help you be your whole self. Take a walk with a cup of coffee and don't know where you are going. Pick up a ball and go play with it outside. Doing this can also help us remember what we have forgotten and also view our lives in more meaningful ways. A joy of mine was getting to play baseball with my son. I had played Little League baseball, but the glove had come off when I was 12 and only come back on once or twice in about 20 years. To go out and play in the grass again was an amazing awakener of psychic energies. One day, I was watching Gavin play a Little League game. My time in Little League was all coming back to me. The key things I remembered, however, were all the big plays and all the errors I made. I remember when I got the winning hit or made that big catch, but I also remember just as starkly the miscatch, the strikeout, and the times I got thrown out. I became upset as I struggled to remember the names of the other kids that I played with. Words of wisdom my coaches shared, the fun of playing and horsing around. I realized that in many ways I lived my whole life remembering in this way, the victories and the errors. But as I got back to watching my son's game, smelling that grass and those gloves, hearing the players chatter and the crack of the ball off the bat, the feeling of the cold bleacher on my behind, and so on, all of a sudden I remembered some of those kids' names, and some of the places we went, and what it felt like to be a child again. Awakening what lies in the unconscious can not only inspire us with newfound creative energy, but with a change in emphasis. All the memories of life are within us, but what we access depends on what we emphasize and on our self-image. If we give way to something like play, we let deeper aspects of ourselves take charge and a greater picture of ourselves emerges. Coming to consciousness isn't always easy. As Jung once said, there is no coming to consciousness without pain. This resonates for those of us whose journey to self-discovery has come through ruined relationships, failed endeavors of ego, and watching those we love struggle as we realize that we can't fix their problems for them. I would add to Jung's point, and I'm sure he would agree, that there is also no coming to consciousness without play. I don't know about you, but I know which path I'd rather take. <laughs>